Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. And as always, thanks for listening. So a friend of mine the other day asked me a really interesting question. Pretty simple question, actually, but it was interesting. He said, So, L.A., have you ever been happy? I mean, can you think of a time when you were just happy? You know, and of course, I mean, I could, but the problem is, is that's, well, I mean, that's a loaded question, because, I mean, happy has kind of a, well, depending on who you are and what you think about happy, has kind of a short-term kind of thought process to it. And then I thought for a second, you know, the Bible, I don't know if the Bible, if any question that I've ever run across in the Bible just basically has somebody saying, are you happy? I think more often than not, in the Bible, the word is joyful. Joy. And then I was running that around the brain pan because that's what happens is that cat starts chasing the ball and man, it's like, ooh, round and round and round it goes. So, so anyway, that's a good question though. Because a lot of times you hear a lot of churchy language. Do you have the joy of the Lord? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? And that's biblical words, but it's very churchy. Okay. Because again, you're back to square one. What do you mean by joy? I mean, like, am I just giggling crazy happy right now? Or, you know, am I giddy and just skipping down the street? Is that what you're talking about? You know, um, you know, I didn't like win the lottery or anything. I mean, what are you, what are you talking about? So anyway, I did a little reading, a little research, and uh, here's here's kind of a thought process. Jesus addresses some very specific things in John chapter fifteen. Now. There's a lot of stuff in that in that chapter. A lot. But let's look at John fifteen seven. Okay? For just a second. Now I'm gonna read this from the from the uh, ESV, okay? So KJV people don't hate me. I've got the KJV as well. But here's the thing. Going from uh, John fifteen seven to 14, Jesus says this, and he's talking to his disciples. He says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, 
so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Now, first thing I really want to emphasize in here is the use of the word if by Jesus. And he uses it more than once. So, what is that? Well, it's there as a conditional qualifier, alright? Which means, he's expecting something. And it's conditional. Um, he's saying this, like, back in verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Now, there's a lot of name it, claim it people out there that are like, oh, well, you know, look at this. Jesus says, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done. Whoa! And they just go, bananas, on the second half of that verse. But they totally skip over the fact that Jesus is saying, look, it's conditional. It's conditional. You have to abide in me, and my words have to abide in you. Now, what does that mean? It's interesting, abide is is the word the Greek word meno which which really adds a little bit more weight in this it's like it's it's like camping it's dwelling it's like living in a house i mean you're staying there in that place it's a it's a state that you're trying to stay in so it's um, it's more than just a casual thing. It's like it, it, abiding would be like you sell your house, you pack up, you move to Jesus's place, and you put your stuff in there, and you move in. That's abiding. Now, on the flip side, he says, and, and again, this is conditional. He says, and my words my words abide in you. What does that mean? Well, you know, what Jesus has said, what he teaches, and the Torah, the Word of God, and so it's it's this and that. Okay? So you, you abide in him, you're staying with him, you're saying, okay, Jesus, I'm, man, I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. I'm not leaving. But also, it's my words abide in you. So that means you got to put them in you. 
So how are you going to get in? How are you going to get them in there? You, well, you're going to study them. That's what you're going to do. You're going to study the Bible, read the Word, memorize it, put it in there, have people teach it to you. Then he says, because this is these are these two things that work together. He says, then if you ask what you will, it'll be done for you. Why is that? It's because if these two things happen, you're making decisions based on what Jesus wants. Now, if you're making decisions on what, and by the way, Jesus wants what's best for you. Always. Doesn't always seem that way. Doesn't always look that way because this world's kind of nuts. And God's timing's not ours. But that is how you ask. Because your will matches him. Ask and it'll be done for you. Now, he goes on to say that uh, by this process, or, or I, sh I should say, by this, my father is full. And this is the next idea coming up. Yeah, bear with me. By this. My Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. What did he just say? He said prove. He said you got to demonstrate something. Well, that sounds like works to me. So is he talking about my salvation? That must be about my salvation. Well, here's what he's trying to get at. If you bear fruit, you prove you're God's disciples. It's not... It's not... Uh, it's it's an after the fact thing. It's not oh you do the fruit and 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 that makes you a disciple. No, you're already a disciple and then you make the fruit and then that just proves that you are. So it's after the fact. It's not you earn this and then this happens. No, it's what has already happened has happened. You're a disciple and then you bear fruit. And, it, and so here's the thing, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> some people say, I don't judge other people, I'm just a fruit inspector. Well, that's interesting. So, uh, but bearing fruit is part of that. Now, he goes on to say, as the Father loved me, I loved you. So Jesus is demonstrating what the Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, gave to him that love. Now, then he says something interesting at the end of that. He says, abide in my love. Abide. What is that again? That's, hey, pick up, sell your jazz, you know, sell your house, get your stuff, move into my place, and that's my love. And you're going to stay there. Now, again, the ancient thought process on love was not a warm, fuzzy, squishy feeling. It wasn't that. It could have that element, but it was the dedicated type of self-sacrificial love. In fact, he clarifies it a little bit in just a second. Now, how do you stay in Jesus' love? How do you, you know, how do you abide in his love? Well, he tells you. If you keep my commandments, 
you'll abide in my love. Okay, well, you know, because immediately it's like, well, okay, Jesus, how do we, how, you know, how do we abide in your love? This sounds kind of crazy. Well, keep my commandments. He said, I've kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. And that's how he did it. He demonstrated it. Whoa, you mean Jesus did actual works? Yeah, believe it or not. Isn't that crazy? He actually demonstrates everything. He demonstrated his love for us and that he died for us. And then, now, verse 11. I want you to, to hang with me a sec. So Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And what's really cool about that, and that your joy may be full, is, is, is this. In the Greek, when you look this up, the joy is a calm gladness. Okay? It's not an ecstatic, woo, I won Yahtzee, I won the lottery. You know, it's not that. I want to compare it to this. And this is the way I, I this is just some metaphors that I think kind of paint a little picture and it, it joy that you get in this situation is like getting something for your birthday from someone very special who put a lot of thought into the gift and you got it and you know you're going to use it every day because you need it and it gives you that warm calm really glad feeling inside that's joy happy is when somebody might you know somebody gets a new car for their birthday you know or, I guess, win the lottery or something. You know, and they, whoa, yeah, Yahtzee. So, and here's the difference. Enjoy. When I say that gift that someone very special you put a lot of thought into. And you really, really love it. And you know you're going to use it every day. It's a long-term warm calm feeling that just stays with you and every time you see that gift every time you use it and you use it every day you think of that person and you and you feel that warm feeling again that's the joy happy is wow you get the car but but you got to pay the insurance on the car the car's got to get maintenance uh you know um it, it wears out over time, you know, you might win the lottery, that's great, but, you know, money, a lot of people blow through money really fast. And yeah, it's really cool that, that day, and woo hoo hoo. Then all of a sudden, you know, you make about, you know, make several bad decisions, and the money's gone. So that's kind of the difference in joy and happiness in some ways. Now, Here's where Jesus in, in verse 13. Actually, I don't want to skip 12. Because Jesus makes a commandment. And he says, look, this is my commandment. That you love one another like I loved you. 
He demonstrated his love. He demonstrated his love. He didn't he didn't throw them some off the wall thing. Oh well, you know, I'm sitting over here in on top of this boulder contemplating reality. No, he's not. That's not that's not what he's doing. He's through everything he went through with them. He showed them his love. And then he died for our sins and rose again. Wow. <laughs> and and he says this. He says, this is my commandment. So you you wonder, what, what's Jesus' commandment? He keeps talking about his commandments. If you, if, if you love him, you'll follow his commandments. Well, here's getting pretty specific right here. This is my commandment. That you love one another like I loved you. Self-sacrificially. Then 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. And guess what? That's exactly what he's going to do. And then 14, he says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. He says, Do my commandments quite often. Verse 10, If you keep my commandments. Verse 12, This is my commandment. Verse 14, If you do what I command you. Do you get the idea that Jesus has has qualifications on us? Do you do you get that? Because there's a whole just bunch of believers out there that really don't think Jesus expects them to do anything from day to day. I think a ticket punch to heaven, and they're like, "Oh yeah, woohoo!" So now I can just do what I want to do, and it doesn't work that way. And if they feel okay with it being that work that way, well, I, you know, I'm not going to make any judgment calls, but I'm going to say this. I wouldn't want to be that person standing before the Lord. On the other side of this, the other side of the veil. Wouldn't no, no. So, let's get back to the idea of joy. Because in verse 11, he says, These things I've spoken to you, and I kind of save verse 11 a little bit, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Here's what I love about that last phrase, that your joy may be full. The word full, in the, in the Greek, has the idea of a really of completeness but it also had one thing uh, in one meaning in there that I kind of gravitated to a little bit and that was level up that your joy may level up you ever played a game and you go to the and then you go to the next level and you're like wow that's awesome so Jesus is saying, look, I've spoken to you that my my joy, first of all, he wants his joy to be in you because that's the kind that stays with you. And then he says, and your joy, your joy is going to level up. You're going to go to the next, you're going to go to, 
you're not going to go from from level one to level two. You're going to go from level one to level two hundred million. Because God wants you wants you to have that fantastic assurance, that gladness, that ha you know. And I, I almost use the word happiness, but um, but the happy that stays, joy, I guess. Is the happy that stays. So, how do you learn his commandments? You read his word. Remember the, my words abide in you? He said that. Well, how do you get his words in you to abide? How do you get Jesus' words to live inside of you? Ooh, let me think. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. Don't tell me. You got to read the word. You gotta memorize the word. You gotta read, and you gotta have people preaching the word to you. You do that, and yeah, he will put that joy in you, and no one can take it from you. That's that's the, this beautiful part. Of it. But you, but again, it's conditional. You have to stay in his love and let his word his words stay in you. It's conditional. It's a process. Can somebody steal your joy? Well, they can, they can distract you from those from those things, from letting Jesus' love abide, and you know, from you a living, excuse me, from you living in Jesus' love, and His words abiding in you. They distract you from that. Your joy is going out the window. So you have to focus on it. That's why it's conditional. And it's not about losing salvation. It's 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 about living with joy, looking forward to being here on this planet, and then looking forward to the next to the next level. Amen. So with that in mind, I want you to keep on. Speaking it on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.